Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. Monara Wilson is the Lib Dem Health and Social Care Spokesperson MP for Twickenham. Uh, um, It is Monara, isn't it? No, it's Manira. Hi, James. How are you? (laughs) Manira. Sorry, I'm I'm terrible at uh, names. I'm useless. Uh, I'm fine. Uh, Now, I don't want you to think that you were second choice, okay? Why? Who was your first choice? Well, no, I, I, uh, I have tried to get a Conservative member of Parliament uh, on this evening to talk about this uh, uh, problem with PPE. And yeah. believe it or not, none of them really are. Even my friends, many of which are Conservative MPs, have disappeared. Really? Well, that tells us... Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I think it probably does. Uh, now, I, you know, it's they're trying as hard as they can, and that's all they needed to come on and tell us. Yeah. And I suppose they're getting a bit annoyed uh, with being asked, and so I, I, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll sweep it under the carpet this time, guys. But if it's serious, well, it is serious, but I just understand how they feel. They must be trying their hardest to do it. Uh, why can't we produce our own stuff and produce it quicker because as far as I can see although a number of schools are involved making it and a number of people on their own even though they're making a few hundred here and there they're not going to fill the gap properly why can't we make it as a country well I think it's important to recognize that we don't historically have a manufacturing sector in this that's involved in making PPE however the main point is is that we knew uh, a couple of months ago, more than two months ago, that this was coming. Um, people like uh, me, my Liberal Democrat colleagues and the Lords, and in fact MPs and, uh, and uh, members of the Lords of all parties have been asking the government about PPE uh, for quite some weeks. Um, I mean, I was, I was challenging Matt Hancock about it uh, back in early March. We kept being told it was coming, it mm. was coming. So for me, I, I completely understand that we don't produce it locally and there's obviously a global demand now, given this is a global pandemic. However, we knew it was coming and that's where, where I am concerned that there wasn't enough done early on to procure uh, globally where we could, but also start to uh, call on UK industry to start turning over their manufacturing lines to PPE in the same way that we did with, say, ventilators back in early March. Um, And that call has come as late as Friday now um, Mm. for for manufacturers to start doing that, when this could have been done weeks and weeks ago because we knew this was going to be a problem when we saw what was happening globally. Um, And PPE is the sort of thing that people get through very, very quickly, and it's not just uh, needed in the healthcare sector where we've seen terrible shortages and people putting their lives at risk, but also in social care, and we see now the numbers of deaths spiralling in care homes, even though they're not being recorded in those official <coughs> statistics that we hear every day, as well as other people on the front line who are put, putting them themselves at risk day in, day out. So we can't get enough PPE. Hello? Has, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, I'm just thinking, uh, which is strange for me. I know. <laughs> I, I was just, I was just thinking. Uh, I was looking up 
the number of deaths we have most days in this country normally. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, no, it's not a dry cough. No, it's okay. Um, and <laughs> and it's around about... <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm at home I'm sitting in my bungalow and um, I've got my dogs sitting on the floor at the moment so if anybody goes anywhere near the house they will bark I apologize That's all right So no totally on my own Um so it, uh, it, it it's around about 1700 1700 or so but I can't work out whether or not some of the people who have died as a result uh, of COVID virus would have died anyway because a lot of them have had underlying serious health issues um, and whether this number is as, as, as worrying as it's beginning to look. Well, I think it's fair to say that it, even if you've got an underlying health condition, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be dying in the, the next week, month or even year. There are plenty of people who are, who are living with diabetes, with uh, respiratory conditions, with heart conditions, who are potentially going to live for, for several years more. We, we just don't know that. And actually, one of the big unknowns mm. um, is how many in uh, well there's the direct deaths as a result of coronavirus which has perhaps meant that people have lost their lives sooner than they should have done but also the indirect deaths as a result of this pandemic and we've we've uh, seen and heard over the last few days that there's lots of people who aren't turning up for treatment or going to A&E when they perhaps are seeing suffering signs of a heart attack or stroke or parents not taking their children when perhaps they should be taken to paediatric A&E because people are terrified of going to hospital, understandably at the moment, um, and are concerned that there just isn't space there to treat them. So there, there will be people who are perhaps uh, unnecessarily dying sooner than they should have done, also people who aren't having, mm. for example, their cancers picked up earlier if they've got concerns or perhaps not seeing their GPs or they're not having their mammograms or their smear tests, etc. And that is a ticking time bomb that we will see um, some of those numbers being higher in terms of mortality rates for other uh, other conditions uh, and diseases, not directly uh, coronavirus related, but indirectly related to this. And that is a big concern for me. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Dr. Murray Ellender, founder of uh, e-consultant and frontline NHS GP as well. Murray, good evening to you. Evening, James. How are you? Uh, I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. Um, how are GPs coping, by the way? Um, I think it's mixed, to be honest. I think it's, uh, it really depends a bit on where you're working. So uh, <clears throat> there's some areas of the country where we're really struggling with kind of workforce shortages. Uh, and other areas of the country mm. where actually we're doing okay. So it's a real varied picture. But the, to be fair, the, pu the public are kind of really listening and, and not um, coming in to see either us in A&E or in general practice nearly as much, which is both good and bad. Well, yeah, actually, uh, I can see the point. I mean, a lot of people won't want to go to A&E in case they pick something up. Um, but, of course, they might be, uh, they may be in a situation where they really should. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's the point. I mean, I think the, um, the slight worry is that the, the public are really listening to the message, which is stay at home, you know, don't put pressure on the NHS, mm. which is fantastic, much needed. Equally, we still do need them. You know, the worry is we're kind of building up a, a 
you know, backlog of people who do have serious illnesses and, and aren't seeking help. So, you know, the message to kind of the public is really, look, still use general practice if you feel you need something because we're still here. Hmm. I mean, do you think uh, people are taking enough notice of mental health problems at this time? Well, it's a very good point. I mean, we're certainly seeing an, an upspike in, in people presenting with mental health problems, whether that's depression, anxiety, um, kind of panic attacks, all those sort of things. Um, so I think, uh, but, but whether or not people are actually kind of taking note enough, I don't know. I suspect there's a lot that's being hidden and not being dealt with. Um, but, you know, it yeah. really should be. Yeah, because, you know, difficult times, uh, a lot of pressure, as you've just kind of spoken about just now. Um, and we need to just acknowledge that and deal with it. Uh, you can't bury it or else we're kind of storing up problems for the future, I think. Hmm. Well, absolutely. And I think a lot of people, <clears throat> I said before, people like you and me, are, are okay. we're working and we're, I mean, the, the daytimes and uh, not for you so much, but for me, uh, I can't, I forgot what day it was today, I have to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, but it, it's... Um, and and you can only talk to yourself for so long. I'm glad I've got the dogs, but I think they're getting fed up with me talking to them, to be honest. Um, yeah. it, you know, it, a lot of people who see their... I've just said this before, but I'll repeat it again. A lot of people who've seen their, their jobs disappearing, their, their futures, in fact, disappearing, are going to get very fed up at some point. And they're going to wonder whether, it, you know, avoiding the virus um, is worth all the aggravation they're going to have to put up with. And then I suppose yep. we'll get to a situation where we have, uh, have you know, we have um, uh, laws with police patrolling and anybody even dares pop out of the house, they'll be fined or whatever. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. I, I, know, I know where you're coming from. I think if you look to countries who are kind of ahead of us in this journey, uh, where they've maybe enforced stricter lockdowns, um, you're not necessarily seeing that. I mean, I think what's interesting is the public have really responded to the call for staying inside. You know, if you look mm. two weekends back and it was funny and everyone was out in the parks and kind of slightly not taking it too seriously versus this weekend where everyone really was taking it quite seriously. And, you know, we didn't have the news yeah. stories of people having barbecues on the beach, etc. Um, and that's, that's really encouraging. So I think, you know, I think the, the press, the media all have a great, you know, role to play here in saying, look, you know, mm. bear with us. This is really important. Uh, I think, you know, the public kind of get why it's important. Um, and they also know it's not forever. I think, you know, I, I know it's difficult because we kind of feel a bit like, well, we don't know when the end is, but we kind of do know there will be an end. So um, I do, you know, I think as, as long as the public can stick with it for a, a few weeks longer, we should be okay. I mean, absolutely, though, you can't ignore the fact that there's going to be people who are not used to staying at home. There's going to be an upspike in things like domestic violence, um, you know, mm. sadly, child abuse, etc. And so, actually, we don't want those people not to seek help now. I think that, you know, I think if it, there are still all those services running and we need to be absolutely tapping into those services. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. Anna Hart joins us, uh, writer at The Guardian, we'll let her off for that one, and The Telegraph. Uh, good evening, Anna. Good evening. Hi, James. Hi, Alex. <clears throat> um, so what are, what are, what are uh, travel writers going to do? 
I mean, I think we're, we're doing what most of us are doing right now, which is um, it's just muddling through um, and trying to focusing on what's immediately in front of us, uh, calling our mums, um, watching, watching lots of watching lots of movies. Uh, but it is it's certainly very sad news. I mean, the Lonely Planet has been the, the largest travel publisher in the world. Um, so it's a major blow that they're shutting down their um, production facilities in Melbourne and London and they're closing their magazine um, and also their, their trade and reference sections. Uh, the, um, I believe the, um, the guidebooks will still, will still continue, but obviously that, that's paused for now. Yeah. Um, are you doing any sort of work getting ready for maybe next year's travellers? Because I think this year's a write-off, isn't it, for summer holidays? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, and this, it, you know, it's pretty, pretty bleak because actually the travel industry supports, you know, one in 10 jobs worldwide. And um, there's a lot of economies that are, are very, very dependent on tourism and travel, uh, including our, our own, including Britain's, um, Britain's uh, industry. But um, yes, I mean, I do feel like after this, you know, historically, after the SARS epidemic, um, there, there, there was a real spike in travel event when it became feasible again to do so. So historically, yeah. we are real travel obsessive. We love it. We cherish it. Um, and I do think that, that it'll, it will come back. It, it might come back changed. There might definitely be, be less air travel. It might be more expensive. Um, we'll have fewer options. Um, but I do have faith in, you know, in the, the British public's desire to travel and explore the world. I mean, what's going to happen to those big, famous hotels around the world? Are they still going to survive this or not? I, I do think we're going to lose an awful lot. Um, I mean, I feel like like big, big hotels are just as vulnerable as, 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 as small, um, you know, grocery stores at the moment. It is, you know, the word unprecedented has been bandied around quite a lot. But literally no one, no one could have seen this coming. Uh, no one was prepared for it. Um, and I think everyone's being being hit equally hard by it. But, yes, I definitely think we're going to lose an awful lot of hotels. Um, mm. We'll lose a lot of restaurants. Um, but, you know, I guess the, the immediate medical and humanitarian crisis is, is what's in front of us right now, which, which is more important. I mean... Yeah, for 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 some time. But what happens then when the whole of the economy is gone and people just don't know what to do and there's no work? I suppose to begin with, there'll be no body who can afford to go on holiday anyway. So what happens to all those hotels on the Costa Brava and happens to islands like uh, Madeira and, uh, and all, well, all kinds of places that 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 is their main industry? I know it's certainly it's a it's a pretty bleak picture, um, and and actually the, the the travel industry had been pretty healthy for like for, for the past eight years. It had you know it had actually outpaced the growth of the global economy. Um, so people really really were were banking on it, and a lot of the a lot of the local economies have really been been sideswiped by this. Um, I, I think that the desire to travel will return quite quickly um, when it's safe to do so. But then you're right, people won't have the same disposable income and hotels won't really be able to, to open until they can work at capacity. And this is how 
capitalism works. You know, we, we it's all it's all it's all pretty precarious, and and the hospitality trade really does depend on on high occupancy and high high capacity. So, mm. um, a lot of them won't really open until they they know it's financially viable to do so, which which will take even longer. That was uh, the clips for today. The worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.